Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining us for the Tuesday broadcast. And this is part two on the message of Do I Need Wisdom? And we're looking at the subject of what is wisdom. We're looking at the subject of why do I need it? And we're looking on the subject of how in the world do I get it? You know, the older I get, the more I realize that wisdom is essential to living a life of fulfillment. So many times we go through our lives and we don't take into account what God's perspective is on the matter. But this is what wisdom is. Wisdom is looking at your life, looking at it through the perspective of God's word, looking at your life as God would have you look at your life. And so as we look at this very important subject, we discover that Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs and wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, said this about life. He said, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and he searched out and he set in order many Proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words and what he wrote was upright and what he wrote was true. The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. And here is the conclusion of the matter. So Solomon has spent chapter after chapter after chapter in the book of Ecclesiastes, and he's been saying everything is meaningless. He's tried a whole lot of different things, right? He's tried working. He's tried women. uh, He's tried wealth. He's tried wine. He's tried all these different things, and he discovered that all these things left him empty. He says this is meaningless to life. But then he gets to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, and he says, Now all has been heard, and here is the conclusion. I've been through it all, he says. I've experienced it all. I've studied it all. And he says, here is the conclusion of the matter. This is where we find wisdom. This is where we find fulfillment. And he says, fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including the hidden things, whether it be good or evil. So Solomon here concludes the book of Ecclesiastes, most of his book containing the observations of his life that he devoted himself to studying and to exploring wisdom, and he studied everything that is under the heavens, and Solomon sums it up with a message that he found by saying, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And he takes inventory of the world and all the best things in it, and he casts up the account. And the sum total is this, everything is vanity. Through human wisdom, Solomon could find no meaning in life, no rhyme or, or reason to life. Well, given this, Solomon now goes outside of human wisdom to offer up some words of advice on how we can live our lives. But first, he gives a review of his qualifications. He says in verses 9 and 10, Not only this, the teacher was wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and he searched out and he set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. 
You see, Solomon's writings were the result of hard work and much research. Uh, Since he was the king of a very wealthy nation, Solomon's experience and, and his resources were vast. Moreover, Solomon not only researched well his subject, but he also worked hard to communicate well his conclusions as he searched to find just the right words. I guess we could say in summary, Solomon's work was well-researched and well-stated. In preparation for his concluding statements, the summing up of all of his wisdom, Solomon reminds us of the merits of the words of a wise man. And he says, the words of the wise are like goats. Goats were an instrument that was used to keep livestock on the right track. When they began to slow down, they would be goaded. They would be uh, encouraged to move on ahead. And Solomon says, the words of the wise goad us on. Their collected sayings are like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. So here we have the goats that drive the oxen. Uh, especially the stubborn ones, onto the correct path. So the word here to the wise is to steer us into the right path. And secondly, they are like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Not face value, this saying that the words of wisdom are sure and they're strong and they're true, just like firmly embedded nails. But here I see a bit of prophetic symbolism. Does this juxtaposition of the nails and the shepherd remind you of the cross of Christ? And when pondering wisdom, one would always do well to be reminded of the cross of Christ. The value of any human wisdom must be ascertained, taking into consideration the cross of Jesus Christ. All that means is this. With this standard, much human wisdom is frivolous in comparison to the wisdom of Christ. Solomon warns us to beware of frivolous and superficial wisdom. He says, be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. He says, of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Solomon is reminding us that wisdom, for it to have meaning in our lives, we need guidance and we should turn to the Bible first. First, be warned of worldly wisdom. Be warned of any advice that does not come from God. Be careful that the things of this world does not distract us from the truth of God's Word. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study wearies the body. But be warned by the study of worldly wisdom. Keep your mind sharp by studying God's Word. One time I heard Charlie Tremendous Jones give a speech. I worked for a company called the Electroterm, and uh, this was a company that manufactured crimp-on connectors and uh, wire ties and, and electrical supplies. And so I had a lot of customers here in the greater Hampton Roads area. Boat makers and truck repair shops would use the product that our company made. Well, one time as a group of us were gathered together for a sales meeting, Charlie Tremendous Jones came. And his name was Charlie Jones, but he always called himself Tremendous Charlie Jones, because he said wherever he went, he would say of people, you are tremendous. And somebody asked Charlie Jones, how are you feeling today? And he says, I feel tremendous. And he understood the power of his words. He understood the attitude behind his words. And so he told us at this sales meeting, there are three things that will change your life. And he paused as he began to share with us the three things that will change your life. Number one, 
He says, the people that you meet. You see, God has wired us for community. Some people, we have no choice as to meeting them. Others, we are very intentional in that we want to meet them. The people that you meet will determine the level of success in your life. If you meet good people, you'll be a good person. If you meet people of ill repute, that's how you'll be. Bad company corrupts good morals. You see, the people that we meet is so important. As a matter of fact, I want to introduce to you the most important person that you will ever have the opportunity to meet. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the most important person that you should meet. If you don't know him, he is not holding out on you. He wants to meet you even more than you want to meet him. He provided a way to have a relationship with him. He died for your sins. He was put on that cruel, rugged cross 2,000 years ago. Listen, your life will be radically changed by the people that you meet, and the most important person that you got to meet is Jesus himself. There's a second thing that will radically change your life. Not only the people that you meet, but number two, the places that you go. Yeah, you remember as a kid, you used to sing that song, uh, Be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down with love. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, yeah, be careful where you go. Uh, there's some places you don't want to go. There's some places that you ought to be anxious to go to. Listen, you ought to be anxious to go to church. Listen, if you're listening to me today and you still haven't gone back to in-person worship, oh, can I beg of you to go back? Listen, you need the fellowship of other people. The places that you go. Listen, if you go to trashy places, you're going to be a trashy person. If you're listening to me and, and you're still contemplating whether or not you should go back to church in person. Oh, I beg of you, come on back to church. Listen, you're going to Walmart, you're going to restaurants, you're going to all kinds of different places. Why not come to church? We need one another. The places that you go are important. Don't wander off the wrong path and go to places that you shouldn't go. So we've talked about the people that you meet. We've talked about the places that you go. There's one other thing that will change your life, according to Charlie Tremendous Jones, and that is the books that you read or the materials that you read. Here Solomon says, you know, there is no lacking of books. And he says, there are many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. So if you want to be a trashy person, read trashy books. If you want to be a person of wisdom, read wisdom literature. You know, as I think about the Bible, it's 66 wonderful books comprised into one big book. Each book of the Bible has a different theme. Uh, sections of the Bible, for example, are called the wisdom literature. Proverbs falls into that category. Ecclesiastes falls into that category. In the New Testament, the book of James is like the Old Testament book of Proverbs. It is a book of wisdom. If you want to be a wise person, you realize I can't read everything that's in print. I can't read everything that's on the internet, but I must be selective in only reading good books, only reading good materials. It will change your life. You see, Solomon concludes that as he looked back at his life, and he says, without exception, we should be living our lives. And he says, now all has been heard. And here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You see, Solomon discovered that human wisdom 
leads us nowhere but to meaningless. And many people ask, how in the world can I find happiness? Or how can I find satisfaction? Or how can I find meaning to life? The answer is given here very succinctly by Solomon. Solomon says, fear God, keep his commandments. And then he says, this is the whole duty of man. Actually, he says, this is the whole of man. The word duty was added by the translators, but he says, this is the whole of mankind. I believe the literal translation here sums up the advice much better to fear God, to keep his commandments. This is the wholeness or the whole of man. Human wisdom leads to meaningless and emptiness. Fearing God leads to wholeness. You see, to fear God means to realize that God is the center. God is the creator of all, and he is in control of everything that occurs in this life, as well as the life to come. Warren Wiersbe quotes Oswald Chambers when he says, The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Have you noticed that our culture seems to be fear-driven? We're afraid of COVID. We're afraid of financial disaster. We're afraid of losing our jobs, losing our health, uh, losing opportunities, broken relationships. As we think about this, if one fears God, he will naturally seek to keep his commandments and perfect love will drive out fear. You know, we have a loving creator and this loving creator commands that we give our all to him and he does it for our own good. God created life, and he alone knows how it should be managed. He wrote the manual of instructions, and wise is the person who reads it and obeys it. When all else fails, read the instructions. As John told us, 1 John 5, 3, this is the love of God, to obey his commandments and keep his commands because they are not burdensome. You see, Solomon concludes the book, with an overriding reason to follow his own piece of advice. He says, God's will will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or whether it is evil. You see, after we die, we will be judged. There is really no way around this. Man is destined to die once. And after that, according to Hebrews 9.27, We face the judgment. We will be judged by God through Jesus Christ. Now, knowing this, it makes sense to fear God and to keep his commandments. And then he says, knowing God results in every kind of understanding. Now, that's a pretty interesting statement. Do you know God? Not do you know about God, but do you know God? Knowing God means more than knowing facts about God You know that he exists, that's great, but that's really no big deal. The devil and the demons believe that he exists, but they find no home in heaven. I believe in Lenin, but I'm not a communist. I believe in Hitler, but I'm not a Nazi. I believe in Jesus Christ, and I am a Christian. Why? Because it's more than knowing about him. I know him. I have a personal relationship. I've committed my life to him. That's what it means to know God. So I want to encourage you to make wisdom a lifelong call. Let me quickly give you 
How do we get wisdom? How, how do we go about this process of receiving wisdom? We talked about what it will do for us. And there's some major benefits to having wisdom in our lives. It gives us long life. It, it helps us to have wealth and prosperity. It helps us to live in honor. Uh, having wisdom will also give us the opportunity to be involved in realizing that we can be at peace and we can be safe and secure and we can be driven with happiness. But how in the world do I get it? Well, let me give you three ways to get wisdom today, okay? Simple three ways to get wisdom. Number one, read and study God's Word. I cannot overemphasize the importance of studying God's Word. God's Word is a lamp under our feet, a light under our path. I have gained much wisdom by reading and studying God's Word. He will give you insight because God speaks through His Word. As we pray, God hears our prayer and He answers it through His Word. Solomon says, that the book of Proverbs is designed to teach his people how to live and how to act in every circumstance. They will teach you how to live with intelligence. You will get your insights on life from either the Word or the world. The choice is up to you. As we look at, do we believe everything that we watch? Do we believe everything that we see? Uh, do we believe everything that we hear? We would say absolutely not. But if I had asked you to believe the Bible, most people who are listening today say, well, yes, I do. So why do we spend more time listening to and reading to things that we don't believe than spending time following the things that we do believe? It doesn't make sense. When you read God's Word, it's the owner's manual, and it will give you direction, and it will give you wisdom. And then secondly, if you want to live in wisdom, then you have to apply God's Word and reapply God's Word. Proverbs 7, 1 and 2 says, never forget what I told you to do. Do exactly what it says, and you will live. Apply and reapply. Now, as I think about this, gaining knowledge of God's Word and gaining knowledge of God Himself will allow you to also gain and increase this matter of receiving God's love. Now, if I to ask you, if you feel like God loves you, sometimes you go through life and you say, I'm not sure that God loves me. And we'll say, well, I, I believe that he loves me. I, I believe it in my mind, but I don't feel it in my heart, right? You ever say something like that? The reason you don't feel it in your heart is because you don't know it as much as you think you know it in your mind. You see, the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you're having trouble believing in your heart that God really loves you, I want to ask you a simple question. Can you tell me everything that you know about God? And I've discovered that people who have a hard time experiencing the love of God in their heart, but they're trying to convince their mind that God loves them, they really don't know too much about God at all. Uh, they have created a God in their own image. And as a result of creating this God in their own image, it is a flawed understanding of who God really is. But when they understand the true nature of who God is, then they are understanding and have a heart that is connected with His. For example, if I had to ask you, what do you know about God? This is what those who say, I don't feel in my heart would say. I know that He loves me. He died on the cross for my sins and He rose again the third day. 
That's generally the extent of their knowledge of who God is. They don't understand that that God created them and God sustains them. They don't understand that God is all-knowing. They don't understand that God is all-powerful. They don't understand that nothing takes God by surprise. They don't understand that God is all-loving. God is love. Love is God. And because of the love of God that he first loved me, I can love others and I can receive that love. I know how to love others because God loves me and he loves me unconditionally. They don't understand that when God looks at me as a born-again believer, he loves me so much that he's looking at me through the blood of Jesus Christ, and he says, nothing's going to separate me from my love of you. When I'm looking at you, I don't see your sins. If you have been forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ, when I look through the blood of Christ, I cannot see your sin. You have been set free from sin. So knowing God is applying and reapplying God's word, and then you get wisdom. You think about the poor choices that you have made in your life. Why do people make poor financial decisions? And why do people walk into marriages that are doomed from the start? And why do people start habits that they know eventually will kill them? Why do people take more on their schedule that they can possibly handle? Why do they people buy things that they, they don't need with money that they don't have to try to impress people that they don't even like? Why do people have an affair and think that it won't really matter? Why do people fail to prepare for death when they know it is inevitable? Why do we procrastinate accepting Christ when he offers this tremendous benefit, and we know there's a benefit to having a relationship with Christ, uh, we live longer and we have a more life, life filled with peace. Why do we do all these things? Because we lack wisdom. Oh, Lord, give us your wisdom today. Don't fill us with ourselves. Fill us with your wisdom. Well, we talked about we get wisdom by reading and studying God's word. We get wisdom by applying and reapplying God's word. And then number three, we get wisdom by respect and by trusting the author. Solomon says, how does a person become wise? Well, the first step is to trust and revere the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 says, for the reverence and the fear of God are basic to all wisdom. Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. Oh, don't you love that? Having a reverence for God, trusting God exclusively, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. That's how our God rolls. Well, in the broadcast tomorrow, I want to take this wisdom subject to a whole new level. As we ponder the book of Proverbs, we spent the last two days talking about what wisdom is and why do we need wisdom and how do we get wisdom. As we look at the broadcast for tomorrow, we're going to be talking about a subject that every one of us battles with, right? The subject is, how do I manage my mouth? Uh, Calvin Coolidge said, I have noticed that nothing I never said 
ever did me any harm. <laughs> you get that? Uh, the things that I don't say don't do me harm. It's the things that I do say that I wish I hadn't said that bring a whole lot of harm to me. Did you know that the average man would speak enough words in one year to fill up 66 books 800 pages long? The average man would speak 20,000 words a day. The average woman speaks 30,000 words a day. We are a nation of talkers. So join me tomorrow as we ponder the Proverbs and we learn how to manage our mouth. But I hope and pray that you are back in live worship, in-person worship. If you don't have a place to worship, why don't you come on down to Hickory Ridge Community Church, 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Worship with us this Sunday at 9 o'clock or 1045. I would love to see you. I'd love to get to meet you. And I'd love to pray for you. Now, if you have any questions, you can go to our church website, hrcc7, the number seven, dot org. And on that website, you can listen to the old uh, podcast of this message. If you missed part one, you can go to our website and you can get that part one of today's message. Uh, you can also learn more about our church. I would love to meet you in person. I've had a chance to meet several of you that listen to this broadcast, and what a joy it's been to have you part of our fellowship. So come on and join us. We're no longer than 30 minutes from anybody who lives in the Hampton Roads area. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. I'll talk to you tomorrow. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.